When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Pam, you said you like vinyls because it gives you an excuse to get up. Yeah. But you got to turn those things over every like 20 minutes. That's a lot yeah, of effort. Nice. Oh, it's every nice. 20 minutes? I like the ambiance. I like watching it like skip. Like I could turn this one on right now. Here she goes. Drop that there needle, girl. Look at that. What disc is on there? Midnights. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blast it. Get dancing in your seat like you're at the AMC. We have Eris Tour at home. Welcome to Millennial, the home of pretend adulting and real talk. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. We did just want to take a moment to respond to the latest news coming out of Israel and Gaza, mainly to revisit the topic briefly and expand on some thoughts from last week and give a big old acknowledgement that while this show isn't the right place to have an in-depth conversation about all of the nuance and history of the ongoing Israeli-Palestinian conflict, We also feel a responsibility to make it clear where we stand based on what we know about the current war between the Israeli government and Hamas. And the reality is what we know is limited. None of us are well studied on the region. And to be quite frank, there are a number of resources better suited to addressing this conversation in a longer form than what we than what we can have here on the show. And we can certainly link to those resources in our show notes. What we can do, and what we do often here at the show, is highlight the enormous complexity of a situation through pointing out that multiple truths exist. We want to amplify some of those truths shared by creators like Not Your Good Jew on Instagram as truths that we also feel and recognize here at the show. First and foremost, both Israel and Palestine have a right to exist peacefully. There is also no quick or easy solution for making this a reality. Next, the events of the last week and a half have been traumatizing for Israelis and Palestinians, but also the Jewish and Muslim communities globally. Next, and we have to say this very clearly, Hamas is a terrorist organization that, in addition to being an existential threat to Israelis, is also an existential threat to Palestinians. 
Next, Hamas's latest attack on Israel is not isolated. Israelis have to live under this threat constantly. And we need to remember that if we're going to talk about how their government should respond. Additionally, Hamas is still holding hostages they could release at any time, but choose not to, despite knowing what it means for innocent Palestinians. We also need to remember that Palestinians have no good way out of Gaza and are effectively fish in a barrel. With half of their population being under the age of 18, it is dishonest to imply that Palestinians deserve collective punishment for the election of Hamas in 2006. Finally, implying that all Palestinians agree with Hamas and that all Israelis agree with what the Israeli government is doing in response is dishonest. We should know better than to paint the motivations and beliefs of a group with such a broad brush. We will continue staying up to date on the story, but this is all we will add for now. It's impossible to navigate the day-to-day without acknowledging what's happening, so we really wanted to give another status update and make it clear where we stand on the basis of what we know at this point. I do think that was a very good summary and recap, and I know (laughs) you got help from uh, at Not Your Good Jew and Chloe. And Chloe as well. Big, big shout out. We definitely wanted to make sure that we're pointing out what I think should be some objective truths here Mm -hmm. while observing that there is a whole lot going on that we are not the proper people to comment on. Um, And we want to continue leaning on the people who are best equipped for, you know, ensuring that we're as informed as possible. Yeah, well said. Yeah. The rest of today's show involves DVDs, Blu-rays, and Taylor Swift concerts. So (laughs) (laughs) now that we have hit on the most important topic of the week, we did have a couple of other announcements. Um, First of all, for anybody maybe looking for a break from the day-to-day realities, you're looking for something a little lighter, we did record a new variety show on our Patreon, and we did something we did a few years ago now, and we know people liked it, so we decided to do it again. We played Heads Up together on Zoom. Everybody knows the game, made by Ellen. We all continue to love it, even though Ellen's been canceled. And uh, we had a lot of fun challenging each other and giving each other categories. We all tried to do the Millennial deck as well. Um, So definitely check that out. It was a lot of fun, just like the first one was. Also, as a reminder, the 2023 Millennial Physical Gift for Patrons is here. It is signed album art with Pam, Laura, and my signatures. We individually numbered these. You're getting two bonuses with this too. One small, one larger. We've actually been planning it over the last week and we're really excited about it. Patreon.com slash millennial. You have to pledge at the bay level or higher. And you also have to fill out the order form. That's really important whether you're a new patron or not, because we want to make sure, A, you want to receive this signed album art, and B, we need to make sure we have your latest address. We can't do this show without you, so thank you, everybody, who does support us wherever you do, however you can. And last but not least, Pam, we got a new review on Apple Podcasts to encourage people to leave us a review because we really appreciate it. Can you read this review we received on Apple Podcasts? Sure. This is from Yadira, and they write, This review is more of a quick thank you and a note of appreciation. It's evident that a lot of hard work and passion goes into making this podcast. 
I'm sure it's not easy, so I appreciate all three of the hosts for reliably putting out quality episodes that give listeners like me something to look forward to on a daily basis. Can always rely on Millennial for a dose of good humor, topical discussions, and something new to learn through discussions, interviews, life stories, etc. That's so sweet. That is sweet. Did you say daily basis? Or did I mishear you? Oh, she did said I say weekly, daily basis? Or this person said weekly. You may no. have. I panicked for a second. I was like, is this person listening to us every day? My bad. Thank you, Yadira. We really appreciate that. And thank you to everybody who leaves a review, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or elsewhere, because they help us get discovered by new listeners. So, Pam, you had a pretty exciting weekend, I understand. Yeah, I went to the Eras Tour round two, the concert version. <laughs> You know, I'm sure anybody who's a fan of Taylor Swift, even if you're not a fan of Taylor Swift, you probably heard that her uh, filmed version of the Eras tour has officially hit theaters in North America and a few other countries as well now. Um, so that premiered on f- originally it was Friday and then they moved the release up to Thursday. So everybody like me, they bought tickets to the first showing on Friday, was a little bit bummed out that we didn't know in advance. But that's okay. you wanted to be first. <laughs> Did you try to sell your tickets and, and get to Thursday? No, we just decided to go on like what was originally supposed to be the first day. And I think that it was it actually ended up working out better that way because I heard that a lot of the um, like the attendance was kind of sparse on a Thursday night. And so we kind of got like uh, the full experience of what, you know, some people are probably expecting if they. Uh Oh, the full experience here. Yeah. One of the biggest headlines that's come out of this is that, you know, people are really getting into it, singing and dancing up and down the aisles in an effort to kind of make this movie similar to what the concert experience was like. And we did want to touch on that as well. Uh, Part of the reason why. We're hearing about people arguing over whether or not you should treat this like you would treat any old movie or if you should treat it like a concert is because Taylor herself encouraged this behavior from the get go. When she dropped the trailer for the Airs Tour movie on Instagram, she wrote in the caption, quote, air is attire, friendship bracelets, singing and dancing are encouraged. So that kind of went as well as you could probably expect because you know, there's always going to be fans out there that say some variation of, well, mom said it was okay, so we're going to do what she said. And did you? So, okay, so our theater was, it was interesting because we, um, so the the show is split up by eras. The first era that she opens the show with is, is the lover era. And then she kind of backtracks and moves into the fearless era. So when we started off, everybody was like really quiet. And then I don't know what happened, but like right at the beginning, of fearless i guess maybe it was like the nostalgia you know she starts playing you belong with me and then all of a sudden like the entire theater just like erupted and it was actually <laughs> it was so sweet because we we um we had these three i i could have sworn these three like 11 year old boys have been dragged there by their sisters with the rest of their family all of a sudden i turned around and they're like dancing and jumping up and down and trying to get Aww. everybody else to like do the same thing and it was actually like really heartwarming to see you know, a lot of these like younger kids getting really into it. And how can you be like upset about that? Yeah. Yeah. And like even like we were in the second row, there was this like birthday party of girls in front of us who couldn't have been, you know, again, like no more than 10. And it's like if they're standing in front of us, who cares? Because they're so short that like it's not <laughs> like they're taking away from the experience. We ended up staying seated and kind of just like you know, 
had fun from our chairs Boo. because the people the people behind us were sitting and we didn't want to be oh. rude. Yeah, that's the only thing. It was that's like, just like at a real concert. You feel guilty when you stand up. Yeah, in front of exactly. People. But like, but and I will say that like everybody in my theater was very respectful. If people like if they noticed that somebody behind them was still sitting, they would just like move to the aisles and like just, you know, that's nice dance and sing in the aisles. So everybody was like, you know, really polite about it. Were you like and grooving in your seat? At yeah, least. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much exactly what we did. What were you we, doing? Can you know, I say? Can we see? Come on. <laughs> You belong with me. <laughs> yes. Perfect. I love it. Let's clip yes. that. <laughs> and, you know, people are doing like the the chants and the like the claps. And it, it was great. It was just like, look, a little mini concert. And again, like, how can you be um, mad when you see like pure joy on kids faces? I, like that is like something that is like so wholesome to me. As someone who grew up, like I have a, such a deep love of music. So whenever I see young people have an appreciation for like any kind of artist, it just like warms my heart so much. So it was really cute. We did see some wild clips over the weekend on TikTok. You know, the, these these dances going on, these like like people like holding hands, taking bows, like they themselves had just performed at the Taylor Swift concert. And my feeling on this has evolved over the last few days because I have read various takes on it. And basically just where I'm coming down at this point is don't yuck somebody else's yum. It's like if that's what they want to do, if everybody around them is fine with it, that's fine. Personally, I don't want this experience when I'm at a movie theater. A couple of friends here, I asked them, like, do you guys want to go? And they didn't want to go either. And they'd been to the Taylor Swift concert here in Vegas. So I just I it's just not for everybody, but you knew what you were getting into, at least. At least people yeah. knew what was going to be happening there. It's not like when you go to a movie and, unfortunately, somebody next to you is on their phone the entire time. Like, this was very much expected. Yeah, and the theater staff kind of knew that, too. You know, like, they had the popcorn buckets ready. I know Andrew snagged a cup, even though he didn't go. Uh, yeah, I meant to. <gasps> Andrew, that's cheating. Oh, but Laura, you'll be so proud of me. I went to see the new Exorcist movie. Okay. <gasps> That's scary. Oh, I'm so surprised. I know, right? Well, this is what happens now that I have a social life. People say, hey, do you want to do this? And I say yes, because I'm afraid if I say no, they're going to hate me forever and then I'll never see them again. So basically, I'll do anything anybody says out here. Wow. I thought you had like gone out and started touching grass and stuff in the last week. <laughs> well, this movie was at 8 p.m. and I don't touch grass after the oh, sun sets. See. Okay. see, it's yeah. funny because it's the opposite for me. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> that's when you come to life. <laughs> that's oh, why no, Laura and I never see each other. That's when I touch grass. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's you come to life once the sun sets. Mm-hmm. You're like a vampire. Right. That's exactly what I meant. Oh, okay. So I I went to the bar at this movie theater and I was just going to grab a beer and then I see the Taylor Swift cups there and I'm like, can you pour my beer in this Taylor Swift cup? And they said, no, but you can buy one for $7. Normally they would just put a soda in it. So here's my Taylor Swift cup. Actually, you know, it's pretty, it's shiny. It's nice. And then yeah, I just poured you, the beer in it myself. So you also went to a Cinemark. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell based on the cup. <laughs> oh, okay. So anyway, I was sipping out of my Taylor Swift cup at the Exorcist Believer 
a 23% rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was very bad. Laura, don't see it. It's not worth it. Oh, that (laughs) makes me so sad. But I have to say, just from the previews, I got that impression. Do people scream at... I never go see scary movies because I'm too much of a chicken. Like, Do people scream? Here's the thing. This movie wasn't even scary. But yeah, I think when there's like jump scares, yeah. People will definitely scream. Okay. Especially if it's like opening night and it's a packed theater Mm. and there's that like opening night energy. Everybody's really excited about it. You think about that for any kind of opening movie that people are anticipating. The audience um, will participate in one way or another. It makes me even think of like Marvel movies on opening night when they come out, right? Yeah. And I saw this point actually brought up on Twitter over the weekend that if you're okay with people popping boners in the theater over Avengers Assemble, what's happening at the Taylor Swift concert is no freaking different. Right. It's the same thing. It's just different passions. Right. And we're going to get into a few other examples of that, too. I would just say, like, if if you don't know what you're getting into by going to the Eras Tour movie, maybe you should wait for it to be available on demand somewhere or for purchase so you can watch it in the comfort and silence of your own home. Yeah. Well, look, yes. Yeah. I don't need it to be silent. When I do want to see this eventually. I will stream it wherever it ends up. I don't need it to be silent. I'll be blasting it. I just don't need people dancing in front of me, blocking my view and screaming every lyric of every song, personally. Right. Were you singing out loud, Pam? Yeah, but, you know, because uh, like everyone else was. So I was like, why wouldn't you if everyone else is doing it? That That's kind of been like the um, from what I've seen on TikTok, cause a lot of movie theater employees kind of went on there after this was announced and weighed in on whether like how much participation was too much participation. And a lot of them were of the attitude that, it, you know, if you're go- rolling with the vibe of the people at your screening then it's fine. But if you're like the only person that's being disruptive, there's going to be a problem. Right. So, um, yeah. but, but I will say that like, like people, you could hear people singing, but it was in no way louder than the audio for this movie. It did not like take <laughs> away from the sound. That's like good. I said, like the people, like the little girl sitting in front of us, like they were not taller than the screen. I could still see. That's sweet. You know, Every sequin, every shot of the <laughs> stage, <laughs> every visual. So like I was talking before about the like the movie theater employees, there were some theater chains like Regal, who I think were trying to get ahead of the rowdiness. They posted what I thought was a pretty clever TikTok where they had um, some people showing how you could like do some dance moves from your seat. And so I kind of took that to say, like, okay, they clearly want people to kind of like stay in the in the seat that they bought. Yeah. And then you had other people like Greg Marcus, who's the CEO of Marcus Theaters, and he was like encouraging basically everything under the sun. He was like, you can have your phones out, feel free to film. We'll have friendship bracelet stations at the theater. You could sing, you could dance, you could do like whatever you want, and cry, touch yourself, make out <laughs> with other people. It's a free for all. I, I sent this clip to Andrew so we could play it on the show. And an indelicate yell. One, two, three, let's go. But, uh, oh, whoa, whoa, I can't say that. But you know what? You can. In fact, we want you to forget all about the normal keeping quiet in the theater stuff. You're here to have fun. So get loud, sing along, stand up. 
You can even leave your cell phones on. That way you can take selfies with your friends. We want you to do whatever you would do as if you were at the show itself. So enjoy everything about the experience. I know I will. Oh, just as soon as I learn all my parts. The CEO, what's this guy's name? Greg Marcus. He's wearing an Aeros Tour t-shirt. He's giving off like cool dad. I'm sorry, but how does this benefit movie theaters to encourage all of this behavior when it's just a one and done thing? I don't I don't really get it other than to make people like the movie going experience. But you're liking it because it's Taylor Swift and you can keep your phones out. and You can make as much noise as you want. Yeah, I, this is going really far. I know. And I will say that, like, um, the only honestly, the biggest deterrence for me was there was this mom who kept recording her kids. Right. Kind of like off to the side, but in front of us with flash on. That was more oh. distracting than like anybody who was singing or dancing. Yeah. And, which is like so funny because it's like you and I knew I couldn't even see this person because the flash was so blinding. But you just know it was a mom because because the theater was like bright enough, like because of the visuals. Right. That you don't need flash. Right. Or they could have played with the exposure or whatever. But yeah. Well, unfortunately, people don't know that they hit record on the video camera. They don't even know they can turn flash off. In, right, in fairness. Exactly. That's that's why I'm saying like that's why I knew it was a mom. It's always, <laughs> always a mom. <laughs> you should have yelled, change the exposure, woman. Mom, stop. You're <laughs> Don't you know <laughs> tap and hold and swipe up and it'll make the video or photo brighter. That's a great tip for everybody, by the way. It is a really good tip, especially like if you want to take footage at actual concerts. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. use that all the time. I never turn my flash on. My flash is uses a flashlight. And that's it. Picking up dog poop. Yeah. Honestly, I'm usually turning exposure down because then you can like see all the. But yeah, it is a good tip. Yeah. Everything's washed out. Otherwise, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, you tap and hold and then you bring your finger down and that brings the exposure down and your yep. photos are going to look a lot and better. And then your person is always in focus. But to answer your question, Andrew, I think that like um, one of the things that people need to keep in mind is that for right now, at least the Airstore movie is only playing Thursday through Sunday. And Variety wrote up this article about why that is, and it pretty much is so that it's designed to feel more like a concert and less like a movie, and also to like encourage larger audiences to be at screenings collectively. You know, most That's people cool. don't go in the middle that. of the week. You're going to go during the weekend, most likely to go see a movie, and yeah, so it all kind of like culminates into this um, experience that you wouldn't normally have in a movie theater, but. Taylor isn't the first big music star to, you know, release concerts at movie theaters. The Jonas Brothers have done this. Miley Cyrus slash like when she was in her Hannah Montana phase. She also released a concert film. One Direction has released concert films. Justin Bieber, Michael Jackson, Billie Eilish, probably a more recent example there. And then I think that, Laura, you mentioned you had gone to see a Green Day show on the big screen back in the day, right? Yeah, this was back in. Oh, my God. It had to be like. 2006 or something like that. Um, But it was called Bullet in a Bible, and it was a concert recording of their performance at the uh, Milton Keynes Arena in England. Andrew, you might be more familiar with English arenas than I am, because I know you've gone (laughs) to some shows over there. I've been to Wembley, but that's it. The new Wembley, obviously. Right. Well, and wherever the Queen musical was taking place. <laughs> okay, well, this wasn't that. Um, but it is a, a pretty substantial stadium arena show. 
And I will say that this experience pales in comparison to what I've seen of the Eras Tour movie experience, just because when I went, it was like a one night event. There were like a handful of people in my theater. And that's not to say that Green Day doesn't have a following. They obviously do. But the vibe around concert movies coming out at the time was so different than what it is now. And I think for Taylor Swift, it's a particularly unique breed because the brand she's made for herself and the space that her fans hold is unlike anything I've ever seen. So it wasn't a big deal to sing along when I went to Bullet in a Bible because there weren't that many people in the theater. There's no one there to bother. <laughs> yeah, and nobody was moshing. Like nobody was like up in the front moshing in front of the screen or anything like that. So and I, smartphones I, didn't exist with flashlights no, on them. They did not. So it it was just a different vibe. Andrew, you said that this is not for you, so you've never been to a concert movie. I, I feel like it. Maybe the Justin Bieber one or Michael Jackson one. One of these is, is feeling familiar to me. Okay. Um, I would. I'm not against it in general. It's just like that Taylor Swift level hype that's going on within the venues. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, I would, though. I think it's a cool experience because like, yeah, sure, you can watch one of these at home, but it's not the same as watching it in the theater with the speakers blasting and the giant ass screen. One of the last examples I wanted to bring up was... Uh, Rocky Horror, which obviously is a way older movie, but they do Rocky Horror Picture Show showings every October. It's a big thing. I know a few of us on the panel here have been to those showings and can speak to the fact that if anything is going to compare to what it's like going to see the Ares tour in theaters or even like at the concert, it's probably going to be these Rocky Horror um, shows because it also has a participatory element to it. There's certain things that you say at certain times. There's certain, uh, well, they throw things at certain times at Rocky (laughs) Horror. Uh, You know, the most you're going to get a Taylor Swift concert is maybe like you got to clap at a certain time. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah. Uh, So Laura, you've been to Rocky Horror, right? Yeah, I've actually done both the theatrical experience and also like a theater experience where the whole story is being acted out on stage. And in both cases, people throw things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always, usually in advance of the screening or the performance going on, there is usually someone emceeing who asks uh, if there's anyone in the audience who is doing this for the first time. And, you know, they uh, definitely make those people into sacrificial lambs. <laughs> for the entertainment of everyone else in the audience. Pam, I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen that, experienced that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I deserve to have my gay card revoked because I've actually never been to one of these. I can't I believe feel like you. I know. I, I mean, I haven't asked, but I know. I just know Pat has. And I'm shocked that he hasn't <laughs> like made you go. But only because I know Pat's big into musical theater. He was, wasn't he a theater major? Yes, he was. Oh, he definitely has done this. He's he's an old hand at Rocky Horror. I just know. 
<laughs> I haven't done a lot of things. My life is sad. I haven't seen Easy A. He really wants me to watch Easy A. Oh, you oh, should watch Easy A. It's, it's a, a good, good one. movie. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, at, at the theatrical version that I went to, everyone's initiation ceremony for the virgins, as they call them, is different. But at the one I went to, they asked everyone who had never seen Rocky Horror before to raise their hands, and the unsuspecting members of the audience did, and were all uh, brought up and consensually, of course, offered bananas that they could make lewd gestures with in front of everyone else if they wanted to. Well, now I'm interested. Oh, and and it was it was very funny. I don't think my. My first one did anything. I feel cheated now. <laughs> but no, Grab I mean, a like, banana can... and recreate it yourself. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll just do that after the show, of course. I've got um, some bad ones actually right now. I could send you one. Ew. Well, you should save those to make banana bread. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Pat probably is saving them for that purpose. Yeah, he probably is. Um, but yeah, you can definitely, like, you can look up clips of participatory Rocky Horror. Um, experiences on YouTube. They you, there's even like an album version that you could listen to on Spotify. I just checked right now, and that's from like back in 1983. And these uh, participatory showings go back even further than that. So uh, definitely would recommend if you've never done it. It's just like one of those like kind of like a rite of passage type yeah, things for a lot of experience. people, especially when you get into college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And spooky season is like the perfect time. So you still have time left, y'all. Yeah. And that is like, obviously, like you could watch Rocky Horror at home, but it's not the same as watching it with like an entire packed theater. Just to wrap up here, coming up next, as far as concert movies goes, uh, Beyonce's Renaissance Tour hits theaters on December 1st. So that's something to keep an eye on if you're part of the Beehive. This is going to be a little bit different because... Per the official description of the film, it's set to feature both tour performances and documentary style footage. So I have a feeling it's going to be similar to what she's done before with Netflix and also with HBO. So that kind of falls in line with with what, you know, Beyonce tends to produce. But I wanted to ask you two if like the style of Beyonce's concert movies, do we think that that kind of means that this is going to be more of like a traditional movie going experience or do we think that because there's been so much emphasis put on the heiress tour and fans being allowed to really get into it we're going to see more of that footage come out as renaissance hits theaters i can't wait to find out i do feel like it's going to be more subdued because taylor swift fans are their own species it's a -a one-of-a-kind thing that's going on with her obviously beyonce is massive but it just between the fact that I think her fans probably skew older and the fact that this is more of a maybe documentary style film, there's if there is a lot of excitement during song performances, some of that excitement might die down during the documentary style. This one, I, I actually think I am going to see in theaters. And I'm also just very curious to see if it's going to be like what the Eras Tour movie experience was like. I don't it feels like it's going to get an older audience, right? By a few years. Yeah, maybe. I think, um, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I have a hard time picturing teen girls going to this and getting as hyped up. 
Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Because a lot of those teen girls have parents who maybe they're not quite our age, but they're only a little bit older. You're saying the parents are going to? Yeah. And they're going to dance and sing and, and jump well, up I and down? I don't know if they're going to. I I can't speak to that. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I just mean that I think you'll see a spread of ages uh-huh. at the Renaissance tour film. Yeah. Does everybody know tickets are on sale? Has this already been announced? Because no. I'm looking. It has, but I feel like Team Beyonce did not do a good job of promoting the fact that you could get tickets because yeah. we got tickets to this and it was just because... My friend saw that she posted a teaser trailer for it and she was like, I wonder if I can buy tickets now. And lo and behold, you could. But it seems like they didn't really promote this very well. I didn't know either. I just happened to get Googling. I'm looking at Friday night in a very hot area in Vegas called Summerlin. Friday night, 7 p.m. Opening weekend. Every fucking seat is open except for three seats. Four. Five. There's three strange people by themselves. One person's in the second row right in front of the screen. They're definitely going to be jerking off during this movie. But (laughs) I I just, it doesn't seem like tickets are really selling so far. So I'm very curious what's going on with that. Because like you, Pam, I I follow Beyonce on on social media. I should have heard at this point that tickets are already on sale. Because if I did, Mm -hmm. I probably would have jumped on the tickets thinking they'd be very hard to get. Yeah. So what's going on? Well, you heard it on Millennial First. If you want to go see the Renaissance Tour in theaters, you can buy your tickets now. Oh, gosh, darn it. Now, as if Beyonce needs any help. Sponsor <laughs> well, us, Beyonce. Help, clearly, we'll she didn't even tell people that you could buy tickets. I'm happy to help her, but I would prefer being paid to to help her out. You want that Beyonce, Beyonce money. <laughs> first one's free. This is a taste of what we can do. Now you're going to have the Millennial bump. <laughs> And by the millennial bump, I mean, I'm buying tickets with Pat after this recording (laughs) and I'm going to sell two tickets. (laughs) Laura, will you go? How are you feeling about this? You know, I don't know. I I wouldn't say that in general, I'm super big on going to theatrical concert events. So I'll probably just wait for it at home. But same with the Eras tour. I mean... That's how I'm going to watch that, too. Laura hates Taylor and Beyonce. Y'all heard it here first. Oh, my God. It is it is like the the 2023 slant, the sports team mentality. You're either with <laughs> us or you're against us. Show up at the theater like five other people are at Andrew's theater <laughs> or you're not a fan. <laughs> Should I bring my Taylor Swift cup to the concert? <laughs> Just write Beyonce on it. I don't know. <laughs> Some some Taylor Swift, some Swifties may jump you for that move, <laughs> for defacing a piece of Tay Swift uh, oh, merchandise. Yeah. Well, Pam, are you are, you're going or are you mm-hmm. going? Okay, yeah, I'm going, but it, I'm going in the middle of the day. That's just when my friend got us tickets. So, well, that's that's what we expect from you. Yeah, it is on a Saturday though, so there might be more people than I'm normally used to. Okay. Well, we'll have to give our uh, reviews of that uh, once that movie hits theaters, because I can't wait to see if the audiences are going to be similar or even what Beyonce says in advance. Or what does the CEO of Marcus Theaters say about this one? Like, is Beyonce going to be encouraging people to sing and dance in their seats or is she just kind of going to let it go? 
Well, Mm -hmm. and also, I would just be curious to know how theaters would react to an audience of Beyonce fans doing the same thing as the audiences that went to eras. That's something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, for sure. Because it should be equal, Mm -hmm. right? If you two had to pick one for me to go see, just one, is it Rocky Horror or Beyonce? Oh, that's that's apples and oranges. Yeah, that's such a weird <laughs> choice. Well, that's uh, it's challenging, right? That's why I'm asking you. Yeah. Are you saying you can't see both? It's just a game. It's oh, just okay. I, I, okay. He's All right, like, go mind. along with it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like for the culture, you should go see Rocky Horror, but I think that you would prefer to see Beyonce. That's base. That's perfectly phrased. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we will take a break. I will book my Beyonce tickets and we'll be right back to talk about DVDs and Blu-rays. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So it's truly the end of an era. Best Buy has announced it will stop selling DVDs and Blu-rays beginning in 2024. And I say it's an end of an era now because, of course, sales have been declining and we all have less disc players in general in our homes. But Best Buy, for anybody overseas, it's the biggest electronics retailer in North America. And that's not saying much. Circuit City closed many years ago for good. Best Buys have been struggling because we've all moved to Amazon. Best Buy is obviously a blockbuster closed many years ago, except for like that one in in Alaska. Um, Best Buy has been the electronic, the nationwide electronic retailer. And for them to no longer be selling DVDs and Blu-rays is a pretty big deal. The news also comes on the heels of Disney recently announcing that they would no longer be selling DVDs and Blu-rays in Australia, citing declining sales. The last new movie that they produced and sold in Australia was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So I can't help but feel like Australia is a bit of a test for them. It's just a stepping stone to eventually stop selling and producing uh, DVDs around the rest of the world. Australia is not the first country, by the way, but certainly one of the biggest biggest thus far then you also think about disney plus they would much rather people be subscribing to disney plus than watching a movie through a dvd or blu-ray but this also brings up questions about accessibility not everybody will be able to stream have the internet capabilities to stream etc there's actually plenty of reason to continue buying physical copies of movies while they still make them which we'll get into in a moment but how about for us are we holding on to our discs anymore? I parted ways with discs a while ago. I have a few that still mean a lot to me. And of course, I'm talking about like concert discs that I have, but I can't watch them. I don't have a single disc drive left left in this house, but it's just nice to hold on to for nostalgic purposes. Do you two hold on to or watch any still? 
I do. Um, I don't watch them because I can't. Like, I don't have a DVD play anymore. So it seems kind of dumb in hindsight. But like, I I don't know. I guess if I was going to par down the collection, because it's just like, it's something that I've never like done anything with. So they're just like sitting um, in storage. I, I think I would probably, well, I would definitely want to keep like the the TV seasons. Because, like, I bought those because those are, like, my favorite shows, right? Like, I have, like, all of Merlin on the DVD box sets. I have all of Gilmore Girls. I have, like, all of Scrubs, all of The Office, stuff like that. Like, I would want to keep. I'm actually kind of, like, mad that, like, you can't still buy, like, physical box sets of newer television shows. And they always do such a nice job with those box sets, right? Mm-hmm. The way they're packaged up and you unfold them and you get nice like postcards and stuff too. Right. Yeah. And of course, now it's like, where do you watch all these shows? Where do you stream all of them? And sure, they're they're here and there, but maybe now you have to watch them with ads or you have to continue right. paying for a subscription that you would never use otherwise. Or sometimes they take them away or like, again, like to your point with the licensing, they'll move them around. So like... Gilmore Girls is on Netflix for now, but I'm sure that when that contract expires, Max is going to want Gilmore Girls on there because that's going to bring in people. Absolutely. I mean, the good news is, honestly, of course, you can just go buy a disk drive that plugs into your TV. Right. So there's that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. The only uh, discs that I still have is my complete box set of the West Wing. Of course. That was a gift to me several years ago when it hit the news that Netflix was dropping the West Wing. And I was like, oh my God, where am I going to watch it? So my mom got me the box set for Christmas. I've never had to use it because they just moved all of it over to Max. So that's where I do my rewatching. But I I do take great comfort in knowing that I have the box set just in case there was nowhere else for me to watch it. But outside of that, I don't hold on to things. I don't have any of my old physical games or movies or CDs. So very controversial take here. I've gone all digital, baby. Well, the only thing I would push back on is it seems to make a lot more sense to me to buy physical copies of video games because those keep their value in a lot of cases. And so you could play a game, finish it, and then just sell it. Now, of course, there's some games you might really love, so you want to hold on to those, of course. Maybe you'll play them again. But one thing, so I have a um, I have a PlayStation 5. And I don't know if I've told this story on the show before, but do you guys remember when... Trump lost the presidential election. Mm-hmm. So he had to leave the White House one day, despite what what he really wanted. So I wanted to be up live to see Trump take the walk of shame out of the White House for his last time on Inauguration Day. So it was Inauguration morning. I'm on the West Coast. This is like 4 a.m. Pacific time. I'm up to watch uh, Orange Julius leave the White House. <laughs> I'm on Twitter, of course while Trump is walking out of the White House. And I see my favorite video game account, Wario64, I think his username is. He's always tweeting video game deals. He tweets at 4 a.m. And, oh, I need to back up. This was when PlayStation 5s were impossible to get. You could not get one of these things. So it's 4 a.m. I'm on Twitter watching Trump leave. And I see Wario64 tweets out, PlayStation 5s available at Target. 
I jump on that shit and I grab it. And it's only because I was up at 4 a.m. There was less competition in America to hop (laughs) on this link because most people were still asleep. Now, that said, it was the discless version of PlayStation 5. So I have the digital only version of PS5. So now I have to buy digital games exclusively. And that sucks because sometimes I buy a game. I don't want it to eat up storage on the hard drive. I just want to uh, play it through the disc and then maybe sell it when I'm done. But I can't now. So that's why, Laura, I would say, you know, buy physical copies. But I know you're also a hardcore gamer, so you would never want to part with those babies. Well, we also have an external hard drive hooked up to our PS5 to account for the uh, storage issue. So we move things around as needed. And then, you know, if there's something that you you have that you play it and you don't really see that much replay value in it, just delete it. Yeah, but you can't get money that way. Think about the money. I guess. Like, where are you selling these things? Because my understanding is that places like GameStop offer like shit payouts for people to bring their games in and sell them ebay facebook marketplace honestly we had a yard sale here a couple weeks ago i was gonna say you'd be better off doing the yard sale Mm -hmm. i had multiple nerds i mean people come up and say are you selling any other video games because i was selling one physical switch game the, the 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 workout one and then so they'd see that and then ask are you selling any other video games and i didn't have any others to sell because all my shit is digital. Okay. But yeah, there is a market there. There's a big market. I totally understand what you're mm-hmm. saying, though. Like GameStop screws you over. Do you all also ever see those like random flyers around your home, like your home cities that say like, we'll buy like and 64 games for cash? No. I see those all the time here. Interesting. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's always like a specific console that people are looking to buy games for. <laughs> That's really Some older games go for big freaking money. I love visiting like trade-in stores where you can trade in books, movies, video games. You'll see like old Pokemon games. And now Pokemon's an exception, of course. But like major titles sell for like $100 because they're very hard to come by these days. Yeah, I've seen that too. Like, I don't know if you all go um, thrifting often, but like um, a lot of these things are always like behind the glass. Yes. Same with the um like the audiobooks, the the Harry Potter audiobooks. Oh. Like every time I go to my thrift store, I always like they always have like a different one in the glass. And I was going for like 50 plus bucks. It's like, well, if I ever wanted to get rid of these, at least I know I could sell them for like almost as much as what my parents paid for them. Definitely. It's wild that some of these games hold their value over time. You just never know what's going to happen. That's why you got to hold on to everything. You know. <laughs> We wanted to revisit something else real quick, though. The Blu-ray versus HD DVD war. In between DVDs and Blu-rays being the leaders, there was a format war between Blu-ray and HD DVD. And I found what was maybe one of the nerdiest article titles I've ever seen on Wikipedia The title was High Definition Optical Disc Format War, and it chronicles how HD DVD and Blu-ray disc squared off, and there's tons of info, but I'm just going to summarize one portion of it. 
Um, in June 2007, Blockbuster, at the time the largest U.S. movie rental company, moved to Blu-ray exclusively in 1,400 stores after test marketing both formats at 250 stores and finding that more than 70% of high-definition rentals were Blu-rays. In July 2007, Target began carrying only Blu-rays, only Blu-ray players in its stores, promoting them with end-cap displays. On January 4th, 2008, Warner Brothers, which has the largest market share of DVDs, announced plans to drop HD DVD support completely as of the beginning of June 2008. And then another big factor was that Sony was going to put Blu-ray in PlayStation 3, which was a very big deal at the time. Of course, Sony um, also developed Blu-ray, so naturally they were going to do that. Um, And so that's how HD DVD lost I don't remember having any HD DVDs, but I certainly remember this war. Were you two stuck in the middle of this war? We had a few because we had a the DVD player we had at home was compatible with both versions. So I think it was just like whatever one was cheaper or whichever one we could find if it was like an in-hot demand DVD, right? Yeah. You remember when that was a thing you used to like run to the store to get your DVDs before they sold out. Yeah. Um, but like this uh, Warner Brothers thing, like does make sense because my brother and I were both into Harry Potter. So I, I, I want to say that we had like, I think it was just, it was just maybe Goblet of Fire that we had on HD. And I remember him like trying to be like, well, we have to replace that one because HD is going obsolete and we need to make sure that the collection is secure. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was a big deal because people were kind of like worried about um, whether or not they would be compatible going forward after Blu-ray. Yeah. Reign supreme. Yeah, I think we were in a similar situation to what Pam's talking about in terms of having a player that could do both. But also, to be honest, my family's never been one to buy lots of physical copies of movies. I feel like even by this time, you could still get some stuff digitally. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, people I just, love collecting physical movies, though. A lot yeah, of people do. I mean, I can big say movie buffs. That's never been me. Yeah, mm-hmm. me neither. Yeah. So I don't I really guess, remember like, this all too well. I guess like we kind of were predisposed to it because like my mom was never a, you know, like how some parents like every time they take their kids out they get them a little treat at the store yeah you know my mom was always like don't ask for anything because you're not getting anything but the one thing that she always used to get us was like anytime disney put out a new vhs it was always at costco we've been a costco family forever Uh. she would get us the costco vhs (laughs) yeah disney movie and so i think that like that because that's like such a big core memory for us like getting excited about getting to take home like a new vhs that like then when we when my brother and i grew up and we had our own money we still wanted to like invest in the in the in the family collection as it were yeah 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 my grandma was very good at buying all the disney vhs tapes i can still like hear the sound of those plastic plastic Uh, yeah like if one got crushed then you could never quite (laughs) fix it yeah (laughs) Yeah. oh those were great those are great I, i i almost could still smell that smell of those things Good times. And one more break today as I go look for my Disney VHS tapes from my grandmom, RIP, and we'll be right back. Speaking of the throwbacks, so CDs made a comeback somewhat. 
Vinyls made a comeback. Cassettes, I can't process this, have made a comeback. That seems like such a waste. Urban has sold cassettes. Will Blu-rays and DVDs make a comeback? That's hard to say. I guess it depends on like, I mean, like part of me wants to say maybe because you never know what people get excited about collecting. But I think it all depends on whether or not you'll have a place to play them. Laptops don't come with um, disk drives anymore. Like we I think we talked about earlier. So you won't be able to watch them there. You could buy one, but they're kind of like pricey, like even like CD players. I don't know why I was just like, I think I was just like up late. I was like, maybe I should get like a CD player for like, like, and then I can like play like the old mixtapes that I keep finding anytime I try and go like clean out storage boxes. But like, even those are kind of pricey now. It's like, I'm not going to pay 50 bucks for a a CD player, you know? Yeah. 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 So I have to assume DVD players are a little bit like around there are more expensive. I also just have to ask, and I'm not saying that this couldn't happen, but I'm comparing DVDs and Blu-rays and the time period, their time period, the brief shining moment when they were the standard. And I'm thinking about cassette tapes and kind of what they represent culturally, the significance that they carry about the nostalgia for a different time. And I have a hard time imagining people having that same sense evoked by DVDs and Blu-rays. I mean, maybe they will. And Mm -hmm. I'm just missing something here. But I'm also trying to think about what do DVDs and Blu-rays capture about the early 2000s that is going to be nostalgic for people in the future? Yeah, especially Mm -hmm. when there's all these other nostalgic. Right. Yeah types of media vinyls have always made sense to me making a comeback because they are big they're great to display they're good to stack up on a shelf they're wonderful in that regard and they're fun to like flip through at a vinyl store blu-rays dvds it's it's not the same feeling and to get a player or something a a disc player it's not worth it we're all lazy would we would much rather um just stream it and this is why like a lot of people don't play the vinyls they own. Some do, and good on you. Pam, you have a vinyl disc player behind you. Do you actually use that thing? I do, and I really enjoy playing um, the vinyl that I own, um, in part because if I have it on when I'm working, too, it gives me an excuse to get up when I reach the end of the vinyl, and then I have to go and like flip it. It's like a nice little activity, right? That's, um, that, but then, yeah. like... You know, the thing is, too, is like the nice thing about streaming, assuming that nobody pulls their catalog or like titles don't disappear. This is kind of like the problem we're starting to see pop up now in uh, in relation to like the streaming wars, for example, is that like all of that lasts forever. You don't have to worry about it deteriorating. Vinyl, you have to take care of. And I definitely have a lot of vinyl that I've inherited that is scratched. And so it's like not in pristine condition. Same with like CDs. Remember when the CD used to scratch, you can never get it to like go past that point. It was skipping. It's the same with uh, You had to vinyl, use the so. toothpaste rule, baby. Anybody else uh, do oh, that? Yeah. Oh my God. I used to spend <laughs> so much time doing that. And it, it worked? Sometimes. Yeah, you had to be like really careful and like buff out the the scratch and it depended on how deep the scratch was if it was more superficial oh. it probably would work but if it was a really deep scratch it was a little harder yeah. for any for any of the youths who have no idea what we're talking about as kids we had this hack 
where you could literally take a CD that was scratched up and rub toothpaste all around it in like a circular motion over the entire disc, then run it underwater, dry it off, and that would help with the skipping that we're talking about. So we did that. We had to walk to school uphill both ways in the snow, you know, all the all the <laughs> stuff that you hear old but, people complaining about. Back know. in my do you, day. Do you remember paying extra for anti-skip on CD Walkman? Yeah, I was just going to say, when you're walking to school, don't walk with too much balance. Otherwise, yeah, your CD will not, start to skip. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you always had to make sure you had those extra batteries or you'd be fucked. Yes. Pam, I did, while we've been talking, I found a Sony Walkman for you. It's the DEJ-011 Mega Base G Protection, tested and works. It's a sharp-looking Walkman. So if you want to pop out your CDs, here you go. Just grab some headphones, not Bluetooth, of course, and uh, (laughs) $29.99. Not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. And my one other thing I want to address... Pam, you said you like vinyls because it gives you an excuse to get up. But you yeah. got to turn those things over every like 20 minutes. That's a lot yeah, of effort. Nice. Oh, it's every nice. 20 minutes? I like the oh. ambiance. I like watching it like skip. Like I could turn this one on right now. Here she goes. Drop that there needle, girl. Look at that. What disc is on there? Midnights. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blast it. Get dancing in your seat like you're at the AMC. <laughs> We have heirs tour at home. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need those movie tickets. Well, just a couple of quick tips for everybody. First of all, like I said to Laura, you can trade these in. You can sell them on eBay. You can go to trade in stores. Fuck GameStop. Go to go to um, like in Arizona. There's this amazing retailer called Bookman's. Absolutely love them in a lot of different places uh, at these trade in stores. They will offer you either trade in credit or cash. Go with the trading credit because it's always more than the cash offer. And then go buy something that you actually want. A book, a video game, some cool like uh, pop culture memorabilia or something like that. Um, You can actually convert your physical discs to digital copies, both legally and illegally. I'll talk about the legal one. (laughs) There's a service called Voodoo. Pat has actually used this over the years because he's had a pretty big movie collection that he's slowly sold off. You go to Voodoo, you make an account, you can pay 2 to $4, I think, per disc to convert that uh, to a digital copy. I think they have deals with the movie studios, so this is all on the up and up. Now, here's what I'll warn you about digital copies, buying digital copies through iTunes, any digital copy. It could disappear at some point. You don't own the rights to that digital movie. You own the rights to watch it when you want at the present time. They could take it away. There are examples of this happening over the years. You can go and Google. You'll find plenty of examples of people getting pissy over this. So you got to be careful about that. But that's why physical copies are so great because you buy it and you truly do, do own that. Nobody can take that away from you. And of course, the legal way, there are ways to pop a disc into a computer and then you could rip the movie if if you want but I won't get into that because I'm a good boy. <laughs> All right. So, Laura, why don't you tell us what's coming up in After Dark today? Sure. In recognition of spooky season, we're going to talk about urban tales and legends with the particular focus on Appalachia, where Ooh. I grew up. So it's going to be 
a really, really fun and interesting, hopefully informative discussion, getting into some spooky vibes, and there may be room for one or two other little anecdotes. We'll see how time is looking. Don't forget, we have uh, the 2023 physical gift available now to Bay and Hire patrons. Signed album art. We all individually sign these. They're all individually numbered as well. And you're going to get two surprise bonuses with this as well. Patreon.com slash millennial is where you can get all that. If you'd prefer to to just receive ad-free millennial with mega millennial attached in one mega millennial package, uh, you can get that through Apple Podcasts if you subscribe to the show that way. Whether you support us via Patreon or Apple Podcasts, we do have free trials as well as an annual subscription. Time for some recommendations. What do you got for us this week, Laura? Yeah, I want to recommend an artist um, by the name of Juan Luis Guerra. He is a very prominent Dominican artist and someone who I've been a fan of for quite some time. Recommending because my dad and I went to his concert here in Atlanta the other night, and it just rekindled my love for his music. It was so much fun. Um, This is somebody who is pretty renowned in the Latin music world. So if you're ever looking for a new artist to get into or you want to learn more about um, Latin and Hispanic uh, music and try to maybe immerse yourself a little bit more in uh, learning about that culture, this is a great place to start. I want to recommend, and I think this is especially for you, Pam, (laughs) a Sony BDP BX370 streaming Blu-ray DVD player with built-in Wi-Fi with included HDMI cable. $78 right now. It's a deal, it says on Amazon. However, and this has been a previous recommendation of mine, you can buy stuff used through Amazon. You can get one in like new condition for $64.99. It's pretty good. And I bet whoever uh, sent that back to Amazon didn't even open it. So it's basically brand new. I wanted to recommend Singer Sewing Machines, especially if you're trying to get into sewing. So if you're a beginner, I got one of these um, late last year and I've been teaching myself how to make some minor alterations to my clothes and teaching myself how to sew some beginner things like circle skirts. And it, I, I, it's just so um, useful to know how to do that. And if you've ever been interested in picking up sewing, I highly recommend looking into Singer for your first sewing machine. I have specifically the model called M1500. And I really like it because it's great for small spaces. It's not too heavy, doesn't take up a lot of space. And it there's a lot of like little like cheat sheet guides that are built into the machine to kind of help you remember how to, um, you know, thread your bobbin, your needles, all that stuff. And so it's just really user friendly and you can get one brand new for like 150 bucks or even less. They are always on sale. So yeah, if you're looking to pick up a new hobby and um, especially like kind of going into Black Friday when everything goes on sale, I would look into uh, getting a Singer sewing machine. $139.99 from Amazon. And there you oh, go. look at this. My recommendation coming in clutch once again. You can purchase it like new from Amazon. Used like new. $127.88. There Boom. you go. Boom. Make sure you're following the show for free in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode or a sewing tip. And leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. 
You can also write to us by contacting millennialshow at gmail.com, or you can use the contact forum or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. You can also find us on social media. We're Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and threads. And then over on TikTok, we are Millennial Pod. After Dark will start in a moment. For patrons and Apple Podcast subscribers, thanks everybody for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye.